is so good to be here today, and I'm glad that you're here. Now, somebody said that the weather might get bad this evening, and, and I want to uh, be very frank with you. Do not take any chances, okay? Do not. Do not seek the treasure. <laughs> I know what you folk been watching, all right, but, um, uh, you know, just use your, own, use your own wisdom about the service tonight. If you, if you think that the weather's too bad and the streets are too bad, you can always tune into the program, and uh, that's what I'm going to do, tune into the program. But if you're going to stay home, at least you ought to watch the service and not the Super Bowl. And uh, so we're not going to cancel the services. We don't do that around here. And um, in fact, I think when it got bad one time, I think just the staff came and I preached and folk watched it on, on live stream. So if you want to do that, uh, that would be fine. But um, if you can make it, to work tomorrow, you should be able to make it to church this evening. And so uh, those are words of admonishment, encouragement, and uh, whatever. I'd like to thank all of you who are already uh, uh, surrendering and coming to Brother Jim and telling you you want to teach a class, you want to help in a class, you want to, uh, to do this or that. But uh, that's what it's all about. It's not about money. It's about giving our all. It's about um, surrendering yourself as a living sacrifice unto the Lord. And money is just a part of it. I'm sorry. Saved people have to have money just like lost people. And we have to manage our money just like, no, not like the lost people, but in regards to how God wants us to do. And so uh, uh, would it surprise you today that I might mention money this morning? I'm not going to, but it might surprise you if I did, all right? Today is not just an ordinary Sunday. Today we're asking you to go beyond the ordinary. By saying going by on the ordinary, I mean not only in your time, your talents, but also in your treasure. Today, in actuality, is a faith day. Anytime you do more than what you regularly do, it requires faith. And today, our Lord said, be it unto you according to your faith. And so, I'd like to talk to you today about that very thing, about faith. It's amazing how many times somebody tempts us with a little bit more money out of town when actually God may be checking your faith to see whether you want to be faithful to your family and your church above a few dollars. So I read for you these two verses. Out of Luke chapter 17, I read for you in verse 5 and 6, where the Bible says, 
And the apostle said unto the Lord, increase our faith. And the Lord said, if ye had the faith as a grain of mustard seed, you might say unto this sycamine tree, be thou plucked up by the root, be thou planted in the sea, and it should obey you. What in the world would ever initiate the men who had followed our Lord for now thus three and a half years, what would ever move them to say, Lord, increase our faith? Can faith be increased? Where does faith come from? And in what proportion do you have at this moment? Faith as a grain of a mustard seed. Now hold your place there just a minute if you would. Turn with me now to Romans. The book of Romans chapter number one. You say, Preacher, you're starting awful slow. You don't know how quick I'm going to finish, though. It's not how fast you start. <laughs> it's how fast you finish. So when I read this verse, we're done. <laughs> you wish. Chapter 1 of Romans, verse number 16. For I am not ashamed of the gospel of Christ. For it is the power of God unto salvation to everyone that believeth, to the Jew first and also to the Greek. For therein is the righteousness of God revealed. How many folks are trying to get to heaven the best way they can? But the righteousness of God is the only thing that makes us fit for heaven. Because our righteousness is as filthy rags in the sight of God. The best thing you did this week in the flesh stinks in the nostrils of God. The best good works you achieved this week cannot ever come close to the righteousness of God. If you are going to heaven, it will be not because of your own righteousness, 
but because of the righteousness of God. How is the righteousness of God then revealed to a sinner who is lost? To a person who has no righteousness of his own, how in the world is he going to see, comprehend, believe, and receive the righteousness of God? The gospel. By believing that Jesus died, was buried, and rose again, the Bible said, if you believe that, you can be saved. Now notice, Paul says, For I'm not ashamed of the gospel of the Lord Jesus Christ. For it is the power of God unto salvation to everyone that believeth, to the Jew first, also to the Greek. For therein, in the gospel, for therein is the gospel, is the righteousness of God revealed from faith to faith. From the beginning to the end, to the start, to the consummation, the righteousness of God is revealed from faith to faith. And as is written, the just are saved by faith. Is that what that said? No, it didn't. The just shall live by faith. Are you living by faith or by sight? When Jesus told the disciples, this I want you to do. It is not going to be easy. Whatever it might be, whether it's in the realm of forgiveness, whether it's the realm of your finances, whether it's in the realm of your domestic relationship between your husband and wife, whether it's in the realm of your children and yourself, whatever it might be, the just shall live by faith. Most of us, are, all of us who are saved are saved by faith, and then we begin to live by works. Come on now. Uh, we live by our own reasoning. We live by our own calculations. We live by a set of books. We live by facts. We live by faith if we are right with God. How many of us today trusted our Lord for anything this week? You said, well, I trust him for my life. You had that before you ever got saved. You said, I trust him in my job. You had that before you were saved. You didn't have that when you had another one. What in the world could ever be so important that we would fall on our face and ask God to increase our faith. What if we ask God for to stretch our faith? 
Notice, herein is the righteousness of God revealed from faith to faith. For the just shall live by faith. I don't think we realize how far we've come. It was just twenty-five years after Columbus discovered the New World that an Augustine monk by the name of Martin Luther, who was devout to the core, who prayed and fasted, who meditated trying his best to achieve the righteousness and justification with the Lord. It was there that he paid penance on a regular basis. It was there that he absolutely almost ruined his health, trying his best to achieve righteousness with God. He said with the holy God, how can anything come up to the holiness and the righteousness of God from such a foundation of wickedness and sinfulness such as I have? A set of stairs there in the basilica. Supposedly being the stairs that Pilate used in his own castle. It was on these steps as Martin Luther crawled with his blood-ridden knees. And up, up each step there would be spots of blood, fade of blood in each step. And as he would take a step, as many other worshipers were doing, he would stop just a moment and pray and thank God for the blood that was on the steps. Indicative of him attributing the blood on the steps to the blood of Christ. And as he walked up those steps, in an effort to pay for his own sin, his blood-ridden knees, as he crawled up those steps, just so happened he had been reading a book of the manuscript called the Book of Romans. And as he crawled up those steps, paying penance, paying partially for his sin, it came to mind Habakkuk chapter 2. The just shall live by faith. For all to see, he stood up erect on the steps, no longer knowing, not only thinking that he would gain justification and salvation by walking and paying penance and paying for his own sin, he stood up and he said, The just shall live by faith. You'll find those verses in Romans. You'll find it in Galatians. You'll find it in Hebrews. But Martin Luther found it in the book of Habakkuk. And he stood up and walked down the steps 
and went home and wrote out 95 reasons why the Catholic Church was an error. And he walked to the Wittenberg, pronounced Wittenberg Church, and nailed those 95 theses on the church door. Beginning the Reformation period of that century. The just is not only saved by faith, but the just must live by faith. No wonder the apostles said, Lord, increase our faith. 1 Corinthians 1 and 24, by faith ye stand. I want you to listen to just as God speaks concerning faith. Listen just a moment as God speaks. Hebrews 11 and verse 6, without faith, it is impossible to please God. Without faith, God does not need our reason. And we should not live by reason. And if we're living by facts, we're out of the will, and that's a fact. The Bible is very plain that without faith it is impossible to please God. The Bible also proclaims, here faith, have faith in God. Here's the thing, having faith in faith is not faith. You must have an object of your faith. Is God big enough to supply your need? Can I, may I say it again? Is God big enough, strong enough, wise enough, omnipotent enough, or wise enough? Is he big enough to meet your need? Maybe that's why Jesus said, give no thought for tomorrow, or don't worry about anything, for God will take care of tomorrow. How many of us give ourselves nervous breakdowns worrying about tomorrow's problems with today's grace? How many of you, husband and wife, already have said, uh, you can't do that, you can't do that, you can't do that, you can't do that. We can't do that. We can't afford that. No, if you do that, they'll get mad at you. No, you can't treat kids like kids. You've got to treat them like an adult. Give them a uh, cell phone when they're two. Most of us act like we're two with our cell phone. That's the biggest trap I've ever seen in all my life. If you're not on hairnet, internet, you're on my net. Huh? Your face, my face, everybody's face. Hey, look, I don't want to know what everybody's face is. And I certainly don't want anybody knowing what my face is. And, and, and you just, some of us just need to learn to say no to flesh and no to kids and no to wife and no to husband. Somebody just, well, I don't know how I got that in there, but the Bible says, have faith in God. Can you say amen? Put God ahead of your home. Let God give you the answers and solutions to what's going on. Have faith in, somebody tell me who. That's right. Not faith in faith. Not faith in your paycheck. Not faith in your bank account. Have faith in God. Mark 9, verse 23, all things are possible to him that, know the rest, believes. 
We don't believe that. You can look up now. We don't believe that. Hebrews 11.1 1, Faith is the substance of things hoped for, the evidence of things not seen. Would you please pray with me? Lord, increase our faith. Lord, increase our faith. Now, some of you folks who just arrived upon the scene in the last five, six, seven, or eight years. I want to just let you know that this place is a place of faith. This ministry and this church was birthed in faith. No job, no income, no place to preach, but I had a front porch and I preached. And I preached and I preached and I preached and I preached and I preached. This work was born and birthed in faith. This church has grown in faith. It was just a few years ago our goal was $5,000. And that day, we had an ice storm. Last night, that stupid weatherman said today he was going to have another one. The last time, I had a nervous breakdown. This time, I rejoiced and said, Lord, it's always depended on you anyhow. And whatever comes will be exactly what you want to come. This church was birthed in faith. It has grown in faith. And God has blessed her by faith. Today we pray in faith, expecting great and mighty things from God. We live by faith. This church walks by faith. This church gives by faith. This church exists by faith, and by God's grace, it will be sustained by faith because without faith, it is impossible to please God. And if this church wants to do anything, it wants to please God. In regards to my offering today, may I say to you, Whatever I give, I received by faith. Wherever it's going, I give it by faith. And why I have it to give to begin with, I have by faith. And by faith, I believe that Christ will be glorified with it. And by faith, I believe God will replace it. 
Because I read one day, give and it shall be given unto you. Pressed down, given without measure, pressed down, shaken together, running over shall men give to your bosom. Can anybody say amen? Now listen, for with the same measure that you meet or give, it shall be given to you again. Faith. Man, isn't God good? I read today a life of faith transform us from being a man to a just man. From being just a man to just man. Are you just a man? Are you a just man? Because the just shall live. Amen. Let me give you a quote or two. You ready? Faith sees the invisible, believes the incredible, and receives the impossible. Anybody believe that? A little faith will bring your soul to heaven, but great faith will bring heaven to your soul. Will that work? Faith, like muscles, grow when exercised. That's the reason the great Apostle Paul said, From faith to faith. From a wee little child who believes and cries for mama's bottle and knows how to give the attention to a mama who's given the bottle. From faith, saving faith. To victorious faith. Faith is the outstretched arm of the soul taking that which Christ offers by faith. From faith to faith. Where are you? in those two extremes from faith to faith from baby Christian to a victorious Christian from salvation to sanctification faith to faith. The first faith is a saving faith. Can I give it to you? For by grace are you saved through faith. It's not of yourself. It's the gift of God. That's the first faith. For by grace are you saved through faith. The wee Christian baby <coughs> who's just been saved has now received a gift from God. It's his faith. You don't whoop up faith. You don't pray down faith. You don't reason faith. You don't go to church to get faith. Faith is the gift of God. Why is it some grab a hold of the gospel and others mock the gospel? 
can be born from the same mother, can be birthed from the same father, raised in the same environment, taught the same thing, but yet one is void and the other has faith. From faith, if you this morning had an inkling of a suspicion that Jesus Christ came and was born and died and was buried and rose again, if you even have an inkling of an idea that's true, you ought to thank God for the faith that he's let you see that much light that you might be born into his family. And if you do not have that faith, you might ought to go home and ask God why. From faith to faith. The first faith is saving faith. But the second faith is powerful, giving, fruitful faith. Preacher, how about a verse? I am crucified with Christ. Yet not I, but Christ that liveth in me. And the life I now live, listen now, I live by the faith of the Son of God who loved me and died for me. Thank God I not only have saving faith, but thank God I have living faith. Faith that's alive. Faith that is active, faith that speaks, faith that nourishes, faith that stabilizes, faith that keeps me going when nothing else can go. From faith to faith, where are you in that gamut of revelation? Oh yes, that first faith is foundational. We build on it. That second faith identifies us. We live it. I'm not worried about an ice storm. I ain't going to get out anyhow. I'm not worried about having a wreck unless they run down my driveway about uh, 500 yards and run through my front door. I'd give you enough time to see him coming. I'd run out the back door. From faith to faith, listen to me. Oh, dear God, for what this church has in mind and for the vision you've given me and for the vision you've laid on our church, please, dear God, increase our faith. It's not about money. May I say it again? It's not about money. Today's not about a $150,000 cash offer. Not at all. It's about stretching our faith. He said, Preacher, I already know what I'm going to give. Well, I hope you change it. So I'm going to give what I can afford. Then you can't afford to give. You're welcome. Please, let me just kind of loose this up a little bit. Amen. Faith. That first one deals with redemption. 
That second deals with risk. It's marching around the walls seven times. And on the last day, you're marching around seven times. It's looking ridiculous with pictures and candles. It's risk. It's standing by the Red Sea and saying, hey, folk, watch this. It's about three Hebrew boys who said, I'm living from faith to faith. I'm saved and I know my Redeemer liveth. And I will not bow. I will not burn. And God said, yes, and bless God, you will not burn. That's faith to faith. Does anybody want to pray with me? Lord, increase our faith. The first faith is a gift. The second faith is growth. From faith to faith. You say, preacher, probably in the f- few years that you've been here, we've grown faster than most and built and bought more than most. It's not about junk. It's about you trusting God for more than just getting you to heaven. Listen now, don't miss this. Because as you and I grow from faith to faith, the righteousness of God is made manifest in our life and others see it and embrace it. Righteousness revealed. What is being revealed in your life? Is God a great, big, awesome, wonderful God? Or is he locked in the cupboard someplace till you have your devotion each day if you have it? Herein is the righteousness of God revealed. If we're living by faith, we don't get shook up over the small details of life righteousness of God revealed. I can see the righteousness of God revealed. I must close. I want you to know that I believe our church needs faith increased. You say, preacher, we give per capita more than any church in the community. I'm not talking about money. Now, preacher, we have, uh, we have buses, and a lot of folk don't have it. We need drivers. I'm not talking about drivers. I'm talking about where are you in relationship to your walk with Christ? Where are you in the process of sanctification, faith 
faith. Where are you within that? That reveals who you are in Christ. Is there anybody here today need to pray with me? Lord, increase my faith. How do we do that? First of all, you need to believe. I think that's been up a while. We must believe that our faith can be increased. It's just like riding a bicycle. You learn by trial and error, unless you've got training wheels. I think maybe we've handicapped a lot of Christians by putting training wheels on your tricycle. I mean, I turned over, flopped over, and skimped myself so many times, I was determined I wasn't going to do that anymore, so I learned to ride the damn thing. It's like learning to swim. The more water you beat, the more likely you are to stay on top. God's trying to teach you spiritually to grow up. You don't need three wheels on your bike. My God, learn how to ride. How's he going to do that? Put some bumps on your head. <laughs> Trial and error. Dumb, stupid mistakes. Don't do them again. You know, You must believe that your faith can be increased. Let me give you a process. Matthew 6.30 talks about little faith. Little faith. Oh, ye of little faith. First Thessalonians, 2 Thessalonians chapter 1 and verse 3 talks about growing faith. Matthew chapter 15, verse 28, talks about great faith. You remember Peter walking on the water? You know what got him out of the boat? Faith. You know what sunk him? Faithlessness. You got out of the boat when you got saved. But right after that, you started sinking. All you need to do is cry out, Lord, save me. You just try and pick you up, give you a little bit more faith, and go on. Is anybody here? You say, Preacher, I was happier the day I got saved than I have been since I got saved. That should not be. Same faith. Saved is the same faith that keeps you saved and we live by. The reason folk get miserable is they're saved in faith and then they begin to serve God in works. And they begin to live by sight and not by faith. Herein is the righteousness of God revealed, not that you walk down the altar one day and got saved. The righteousness of God is revealed is what takes place in your life after you get saved. For years and years and years to come, we are living by the same faith we were saved by. 
Well, I'm worried about something. Quit it. He said, my husband, bald-headed, shine it. Don't buy him Rogaine or whatever it is that's supposed to grow hair on a cue ball. Don't worry about it. Say, my wife is putting on a little weight. More of her to love. Don't be cruel. We're living by faith. You want great faith? Associate with people who have great faith. Don't run around with pessimists. Fellow feels bad when he feels good for free or feel worse when he feels better. You don't want to be around that. Amen? You say, preacher, you can't say that again. You don't have any faith. And I ain't trying it because I don't want to erupt your faith. You want your faith to be increased. Associate with people who have great faith. I mean, I, I'm so tired of people saying, it won't work. I mean, it's just some folk that way. They're born in the minor key. They listen to Chinese music all the time. So encouraging. That's just wonderful music. I know a lot of Christians that way. You know why? They got saved by faith, and now they're living by sight. By reasoning, by the calculator. Well, preacher, you don't understand. I've got a better job offer. No, you don't understand. What's that got to do with faith? We are to live from faith to faith. And it's easy for me to live that way if I associate with people who have great faith. Romans 1 and 12, that I may be comforted or encouraged together with you by the mutual faith, both of you and me. Comforted, encouraged. 1 Thessalonians 3 and 2 and I sent Timotheus to establish you and to comfort, encourage you concerning your faith. The people you associate with are like elevator buttons. They can either take you up or they can take you down. And if you are associating with those negative folk who believe that you live by sight, and not by faith, it won't be long until you be down. Hebrews chapter 13, I read for you. And you say, preacher, you're, 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 you're spreading it out. Well, some of you may not come back tonight on account of the Super Bowl. I don't you be cheated. That way you'll have two services in one. Hebrews 13 verse 7, if you want great faith, Associate yourself with them who have 
great faith. Verse number 7, the Bible said, Remember them that have the rule over you, who have spoken unto you the word of God, whose faith follow concerning the end of their conversation. You know why some of you folk have great faith? Because you've been here a while. And I've done things and presented things to you, and in your mind you've said that is an idiotic deal. But it worked out. It's taken care of. I did not take care of it. The God I love takes care of it. The God I serve, the God I want to please, take care of it. Pastors are to have great faith. I preach stewardship conferences all over the country and hear preachers preach to people, give big, and they don't. I hear them say to their folks, sacrifice, and they don't. Pastors should have great faith. Pastors should be a Moses, not listening to the rigmarole of all the people and all the congregation, but in turn, totally with God. Taking advice and wisdom and filtering it through a mind, a heart, and the Word of God. But when all is said and done, the pastor should listen to the leadership of God. And you, as one of the members of this church, are to follow, considering the last conversation. If I were you and I was a church member, I would not make any life-changing decision but that I went to the pastor and asked him, what do you think the Bible says? He said, if you, find, if, you, if you did that, preacher, you wouldn't have no time. There's a lot of pastors around here. Brother Jim, Brother Andrew, Brother Brian, now everybody. Don't make decisions without spiritual vision and wisdom. You want your faith increased. Associate yourself with folks who have great faith. How would you like to have been Moses at the Red Sea calling for a boat? Hey, wait a minute, but fellas, we need we need to talk about something. Clanging of the chariots. The patter of the horse's feet, the rattling of the chains, the clanging of the swords, all of Pharaoh's host on their tail, and suddenly somebody wants to have a business meeting. Well, Moses, you didn't run by that, the elders. No, the elders ran by me. 
You know why God delivered the children of Israel? He was willing to follow great faith. You know why God has blessed this church over these many years? Because of your willingness and your great faith. I need to close, but I'm not going to. I need to close. I really do. Your faith can be increased by embracing God's Word. It was Luther who said, I always wanted great faith. I prayed regularly that God would increase my faith. I fasted, I prayed, I yearned, I longed for great faith. And I prayed, and faith did not come. I opened the book and began to read the book, and faith began to grow. Faith cometh by hearing, and hearing by the Word of God. How can I read my Bible and get acquainted with folk like Abraham who left it all to gain it all? Who left without baggage and without suitcase and went to a place he did not know where, but he just went because God said to go. How can I not have my faith increased when I read and get acquainted with such folk as Abraham and Moses and Joshua and Gideon's 300 and David and Goliath and the Apostle Paul when he says, Give. The Bible says, For you know the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ Though he was rich, yet he became poor, that you might be made rich. Apostle Paul says, prove the sincerity of your love. How? By your giving. He did say, I thought I read one day, he did say, but this I say, he which saw sparingly, shall reap also, how? And he that soweth bountifully shall reap also, what? Every man according to the purpose in his heart, so let him give. Not grudgingly. No, not of necessity. For God loveth what kind of a cheerful giver. And then he says this, and God is able I may believe that. God is able to make all grace abound toward you. That ye having always having all sufficiency in all things may abound unto every good work. Is there anybody here today would pray with me? Lord, increase my faith. You do that? believing that he can you do that by associating with other people with great faith you do that by reading God's word 
And you can do that by remembering past victories. Did you give last year? Have you starved? Was God blessed? Did you give last year? Is your home still together? I don't remember any catastrophes in our church this past year. I've buried folk, but they all just died because they were ready to die. They wore out everything they had. Couldn't afford to get any new, so they just went on and got a new one regardless. I don't uh, remember any vast breakups. It don't hurt me today to write a check because I've been writing them for 27 years. And not one time has God not fulfilled and taken care of my every need. 27 years of victories. 27 years of the first Sunday in February. 27 fretful, dreadful years for those living by sight. But victories are those who's living by faith. Just imagine this. David had a giant before him. Death had to be a surety with just a shepherd boy and a huge situation standing before him. David said, I'll fight him. Saul said, well, you need to put on this armor. David said, I'm not dependent on armor. I'm not even dependent on rocks. David said, the only reason I can go down into that valley and fight that giant, because I remember one day a bear and a lion. I had no sword. I had no staff. I remember one day a lion and a bear. Your faith can increase if you'll quit worrying about tomorrow and rejoice over past victories. Because the same God that took care of the bear and the lion is going to give Goliath a tremendous headache. Can anybody say amen? A preacher I can't give. No, you can't. And if you're giving it in the flesh, it won't work anyhow. Whatsoever is not of faith, remember the rest of it, is sin. So I just wonder today, do you remember our text verse? For I'm not ashamed of the gospel of Christ, for it's the power of God unto salvation. If you're here today, salvation don't depend on you, it depends on God. 
and the power of the gospel. If you believe that Jesus Christ died, if you believe that Jesus Christ was buried and rose again, the Bible said you can be saved. It don't say you are saved, it says you can be saved. If you believe that, you ought to thank God for the faith that he's given you to believe God's word. And then it says, for herein is the righteousness of God revealed from faith to faith. Listen, church, the just shall live by faith.